Thank you for downloading the Cast Iron Theatre podcast. I'm Michelle Donkin. Now, for six weeks, we're hosting Finsbury, a comic fantasy series that was created eight years ago by me and Rebecca Bowley and Will Parsons. It's hard to believe that eight years have gone by since a band of university graduates got together and created this ludicrous comedy but even now it still makes us laugh and we're delighted to share it with you because it's a series if you didn't listen to episode one you really should go back and have a listen as it will make more sense that way oh and be warned there is absolutely swearing in this series Cast Iron Theatre's regular interview podcast will return in mid-February, where we'll be speaking to artists and creatives about their work in and around Brighton. But until then, we'll leave you with Finsbury, episode two. Enjoy. Finsbury, by Rebecca Bowley, Michelle Donkin and Will Parsons, episode two. You won't believe what happened to me last night, Sean. You sound awful. I've got a bump on my head the size of Jordan's right tit. Did you fall over pissed? I wasn't drinking, Sean. There was a dragon and... You must have been drunk, what with the way you were talking about monsters and earthquakes. If not, then I'd be concerned. Really concerned, Jack. Yeah, I suppose I did sound a bit crazy. A bit? Jack, you were ranting. Even that mad bloke in the high street gave you a wide berth. You know, the one who screams, I'm a teapot and you're all my little tea leaves. Oh. Look, mate, you don't need to get anyone worried about your mental state right now. Not with a custody visit. Oh, the custody visit? That's today! You need to pull yourself together, then. It does seem like everything is back to normal today. Glad to hear it. Now go drink some water and sort yourself out. (sighs) All right, Sean. I don't remember drinking. I need water. Lydia, it's 8.30 in the morning. If you keep knocking back that bar feed, I'll put you in rehab. You've become a bore. Read the business pages, old man, and leave the young to their fun. You're a drunk. You're a philistine. Jesus Christ! Ah, he's awake. Oh, morning, superstar. Oh, I thought it was a dream. A drunken dream. I'm afraid not, Jack. Where as real as your left nipple. No, 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 no. I'm not not doing this. This is not real. I'm in my kitchen making toast. I'm all alone making my toast. Alone. I'm all alone with my toast and my butter and my... Knife. Thank you. No, no. Jack, we've been through all this. Since the death of Brian. (laughs) Murder more like. That's it. Lydia, this barfeed is confiscated. Hey, you can't do that. Jack, since Brian is no longer around, you're the Gateway's guardian. You've got responsibilities. What I've got is the custody people coming round today. I have to shine. Oh, yeah, that'll happen. Lydia! No, he's right. Who am I kidding? I'm unemployed. I live in the smallest flat in the world. And I'm having conversations with imaginary animals from a twisted Beatrix Potter nightmare. Someone woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Right, that's it. Come here. Hey, put me down! Let go of me, Jack, your balls are bacon! No, you're going somewhere or you can't get me into trouble. I'll lock you in here. You wouldn't dare. Wouldn't I, Mr Squeaky? Wouldn't I? No, Jack, if I'm put in a cupboard, I'll wilt. Think of my beautiful petals, please! Ah, 
That's the fizzy cock. There you are. Jesus! Ah! It's okay, everyone. I'm fine. I'm fine. Get off me. Sorry. If you wouldn't mind stepping back, Mr. Physicock, this cupboard is awfully cramped. Ah, thank you. <sighs> that is very much better. What the hell are you doing in there? Mr. Physicock, haven't your colleagues explained the fundamentals of interdimensional tectonics to you yet? Really? No, I understand how. The house is built on a crossroads of dimensions. You can pass between worlds in many places throughout the house, and the worlds shift and change. The company owns the gateways, and because Brian, um... Well, it died. Uh, I've become the new guardian of the crossroads. Uh, by living here, I keep the worlds from collapsing and the gateways functional. Bravo, Mr. Physicock. Bravo. But what I mean is, if you lot at the company are so clever, why would you cross dimensions into a locked cupboard? Ah, well, it's very complex, Mr. Physicock. Very complicated indeed. But enough about that. I have a small task for you. Take this. Ooh, Do I get one? Do I get one? Trust me, one of these is enough to go around. What is it? No, for God's sake, man, don't open it! Then why give it to me? Inside this box is the most dangerous of cargoes. It's an animal of such rarity and ferociousness that its name has been burnt from the history books. And most comics. Have it back. Take it back. Mr. Physicock, as the guardian of the gateways, the responsibility of this job falls to you. Tough. I can't have some wild animal running around today of all days. This is supposed to be a child-friendly flat. Hey, don't walk away from me. If you won't do your job, Mr. Physicock, you'll just have to leave the creature in the box. I'm sure it'll die eventually. Wait, you can't leave this with me. Goodbye. Fine. What do I have to do? It's very simple, really. Take this box and its contents to dimension 4329.3. Oh, I like that one. They do a very good quiche. Lydia, quiet. 4329.3. We'll show him, sir. Hand the box and said contents to the governor of Firebird City. The beast inside will be sacrificed as an offering to their gods, and in return, the governor will give you a trinket of thanks. A golden heart. Ooh. That golden heart will be returned to me, and your mission will be complete. Well, it doesn't sound too difficult. That's the spirit, the very spirit indeed. Good. Squeaky, you hold the box, I'll get changed, and then we go. But I haven't watched my cartoons yet. Can we do it later? No. I'll just sort myself out. Um, Jack... I'll be a second. I just need to throw on some jeans. Jack. What? There's a hole at the bottom of this box. What? It's loose. Save me. Save me. Don't cling on to me, Lydia. Stop it. I'm the lowest to the ground. You'll get me first because... Come here. Sounds like it's coming from the kitchen. It's hungry. This is bad, isn't it? It just got worse. Darling. Mother, what are you doing here? It's lovely to see you too, dear. Whatever are you doing with the pens in your pocket? It's Lydia. Say hello, Lydia. He's playing dumb suddenly. Usually you can't shut him up. Come on, Lydia, speak up. Yes, do let me pass, dear. Lots to be getting on with. I brought cleaning apparatus. Now, chop-chop. My goodness, Jack, this place is tiny. And what a mess. Oh, and that smell. It smells like... (laughs) Like some sort of rodent. A guinea pig? Yeah, that's... But there's something different about him. A strength. A strength born of suffering. Oh, he's a tough one for sure. A survivor. (laughs) But underneath that tough exterior is a warm, courageous heart. Um... He smells like a big fellow. Hangs to the right. Knows how to treat a woman. Mother! And also... Smells a bit like we. 
No, that's Lydia. Never mind. Now direct me to the kitchen and I shall begin my work. No! Jack, I'm here to help. You can't have them showing up with a place like this. It's just, uh, I want to see the kitchen. Uh, you can start on the bedroom. That's the spirit. Any luck, Squeaky? I can't see it, but something's finished off the biofeed. The monster! Look, my mother is here. Come on, we have to explain it to her. You didn't help Lydia going all quiet when she arrived. Jack, we can't. You can't let your mother hear us talk. The most dangerous animal in the world is burping around the place. She has to know. It's up to you, Jack. But if you let anyone see us that isn't connected to the Dimension Crossroads or doesn't know about the existence of other worlds, then there is a possibility that knowledge could send them into an anaphylactic shock, endangering their life and causing a rupture in dimensional cohesion, bringing the whole Uberverse down with it. The possibility? Yeah, they could be cool with it and then we're fine, but do you really want to take that risk? Do ya? Do ya? So what are we going to do? I'll keep searching. You go to the bedroom and guard your mother. Ah! Quick, get in there, Jack! Mummy! Where is it? Where is it? What do you mean, it? You were screaming like you'd seen a monster. I'm screaming because I cleaned this place a second ago and now it's a mess again. The curtains are all shredded and burnt. How could that be? Um... And the smell. It's like a tiny beast has crawled in here. I'm positive of it. There's a hint of feathers, too. It doesn't make any sense. So, Mum, why don't you pop out and get us some cakes and biscuits? You know, Jack, you can't just go around pretending you're a teenager again. You've got responsibilities as a father now. That got rid of her. Good thinking, Jack. Now let's find this beast. God, she's right, you know. Come on, Jack! I'm useless. Don't quit on us now. This could be our only chance to complete the mission. A complete mess. We really don't have time for your self-pity now, Jack. No, no, it's true. Well, thank goodness Mother is here for me. She really does know what's best. Oh, why don't you go and open up a motel somewhere together? Lydia! I'm useless and a terrible father. When Chris was three, I had to look after him. I took him to a petting zoo, I turned around for one second, and the goats cornered him. By the time I got there, all he had left was a mullet and a crop top. Oh, I don't know about that, Jack. What I do know is that right now we've got a beast running around your knicker drawer and I can't subdue him alone. Just don't expect miracles. I don't believe in miracles, Jack. Just hard work and grit. Hard work and grit. Ah! Oh, I saw it! I saw it! It whooshed down the door just now in a blur of fearfulness! What did it look like? Where did it go? I don't know, let me think. He was all spiky, like his fur was made of shards of purple and blue glass. He had pincers for hands and he was about half the size of Mr Squeaky. He had the eyes of a devil and a mouth made of rows and rows of razor-sharp teeth and he was exhaling fire at every breath. He's the very essence of danger and the epitome of fear. And he went into the lounge. You saw all that? I thought you said it whooshed past you in a blur. I'm a pansy, Jack. We're famous the Uberverse over for our astonishingly accurate observational skills. Come on, into the lounge. I'll grab the tranquilizer gun. Just don't point it anywhere near me again. You should have thought of that before you latched your jaws around my best friend's moob. Not now, boys. Okay, okay, now quiet. Look around. Do you see anything? Squeaky? Nada. Observation boy? No. Oh, yes! Over there by the Dirty Dancing DVD. Three o'clock. Yes, he's got his back to us. I'll get closer. Careful, Jack. It's just like you described him, Lydia. He's seen us. Hello, I am his cuddles. Shoot, Shoot it! it! Ah, he's running! 
There, behind the TV. Damn it. Here, take the gun, Squeaky. Mother, uh, I thought you were going to the shops. I was, but then I bumped into Miss Snoot here. She's come to do your custody visit. I don't like to call it a custody visit. We think that sounds a bit harsh. It can be seen in a negative light. I prefer to call it a domestic internal investigative interrogation. Or for short, die. I wasn't expecting you so soon. This was the designated time, Mr Fizzcock. Uh, of course, yes. Uh, do come in. Hmm. This is it? Uh, yes, it's a small place, you know, but uh, homely. Hmm. She's terrifying. What's she carrying that cane for? Not a real wooden floor. Hmm. Laminate. She's making notes. This is terrible. She's going to hate this place and me. I'm going to lose Chris, Mum. Stop panicking, darling. Just let Mummy handle it. You make sure you do exactly as I say. What? Um... And the child would sleep where? Uh, I hadn't really... I In your uh, bed? Uh, in, in my bed. Chris will sleep in my bed. Really? Well, of course, yeah. Really? Well, I wouldn't be in it. I should hope not, Mr Fiscock. That's disgusting. Not a very good start. Oh, dear. Hands! Oh. Hmm. Dirt under the left index finger. Otherwise clean. Unidentified mark to the palm of the right hand. Could be filth. Well, actually, it's a beauty spot. My baby's beautiful hand. I had forgotten that. Oh, Jack. You'll do. I believe clean hands are imperative for a clean and well-looked-after child. Surely you mean the child's hands must be clean. Are you questioning my methods of assessment, sir? No, Jack, you're not. Uh, no, I'm not. It may surprise you to learn, Mr Fiscock, my mother was a nurse in the military. A matron, to be precise. Uh, actually, that doesn't surprise me. Yes, it does. Uh, it does surprise me, yes. Uh, uh, surprising information. Really, oh, quite shocking. It shouldn't be a surprise. I believe that it's clear to see I'm from a very strict, regimented, yet loving household. I think it's plain to see that my mother passed her knowledge of order and cleanliness at all times. All times! On to me. Do you know why I believe that's so easy to see? No. Because it is my belief that children are a model of their parents. By looking to the parent, we can understand and predict the future of the child. It's good that I'm here then, because you can see by our close relationship that Jack was brought up very properly and nicely indeed. Don't you agree, Jack? Uh, yes. So Jack's relationship with Chris shouldn't be in doubt at all? Hmm, we'll see about that. I have two children of my own, Mrs Fiscock, and I must say in the first lesson I teach them is to offer refreshment to a guest. Jack, dear, tea? Uh, yes, tea, yes. Oh, good idea, tea. Shouldn't we go to the lounge? Uh, this is the lounge. Oh, this is the lounge. Hmm. Mr Fiscock, are you infested? Uh, ignore that. It's probably the guinea pig. Uh, tea, uh, I'll just be in the kitchen. Uh, make yourselves at home. Oh, my God, oh, my God. Calm down, Jack. We can sort this. That thing is in the lounge with my mother and the custody woman. We'll lure it into the kitchen, shoot it and trap it. Yes, easy. Oh, that, that sounds like the easiest thing in the world. Now, what do you think this thing eats? Cake? Human flesh. Shall I get a knife, Jack? Let's try something else first. Uh, what have I got here? Uh, some fruitcake. Here. You get in there and do your thing. Leave this to us. Oh, bloody hell. No tea? Uh, no, I just remembered we're out of... 
a hot water. Mr. Fiscock, your ex-wife has suggested that she should have sole custody of the child, as you're not in a position to provide an adequate living space. Nonsense! Uh, this place is a dream for kids. It is rather small. So are children. So are children. I'm sorry. Uh, uh children are small, like, um... Pennies. Uh, uh, pennies. Pennies? Yes, now, on their own, they may not be good for much. Um, they're too little and, uh, often quite dirty. Um. They are easy to forget. <laughs> and uh, often you only notice them when you have a large number all clustered together. Uh, they seem to be worth more like that. I don't think I quite see them. Uh, only, only if you look after the pennies uh, and keep them safe. Uh, keep them close to you, you know, or keep them in a jar. Um, <laughs> they grow. Uh, they grow into pounds and eventually into notes. Uh, one day children will pay for themselves and you can even make a profit uh, from them. Yeah. Did you see that? I thought I saw something wash past into the kitchen. Uh, that's probably the guinea pig. Was that a gunshot? Does this area have a gun problem? No, 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 no. I, I, I've just got a very enthusiastic toaster. Mr. Fiscock, I have to say the reason I'm here is for the benefit of your child. I think a child needs to know that despite the family changing, you're not going to just run out. You're someone who will stick around. Oh, absolutely. Ring, ring. Is that your mobile? Ring, ring. Yeah, uh, got a dash, got to um, get a phone and then some, some biscuits. Uh, I'll be right back. Did you get it? He's in the cage. Squeaky goes to the vet in. OK, let's get this thing out of here. Follow me, boys. Through the microwave. So this is an alternative dimension. Looks like something out of the Jetsons. It says here, Fireburg Palace is in the centre of the city. What's that book? It's the company's pocket guide to dimension 4329.3. Let's have a look at that. Quiche of your life, 2,500 quiches of interest. I remember when this dimension used to be famous for its Firebirds, but since they decreased the numbers, the old tourist industry's been built on quiche. Damn shame. You're just quichist. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. That's the coal dust clogging your lungs. It says here they discovered electricity early on, but they couldn't harness it properly. It caused many deaths. The people kept insisting on hugging it, so the elders decided it was banned. They followed the words of the elders very strictly. Ah, this way, follow me. And we're going to meet the elders now? No. The elders lived many hundreds of years ago. Their wisdom has been passed down through word of mouth over centuries. Boring! Give me that book! If we have to walk through this place, at least let's have some interesting information. Okay, so on your left is the tomb of Robo-Mobo, the first robot powered to make quiche at extremely high temperatures. Fascinating. Hurry up. And to the right is the Museum of Quiche, where you can experience what life was like BQ, before quiche. They call it the dark days. Lydia, come on. This is it. Firebird Palace. Looks like it. Here's the gate. Who goes there? Cool! A robot guard! I want one! Who goes there? Um, it is I, Jack, Physic, and, uh, friends. And what is that you hold? A gift for the governor. Well, come on in, boys, and do sign in on the right there with Steve. And over by Jeremy and some quiche, do help yourself. Sold. 
We really should just head straight for the governor. We're in a hurry. No problems, love. If you walk up that corridor, you'll find his office is the ninth door on the right. I can't believe we just turned down Quiche. Hey, guys, problem. Cuddles is waking up. That cage should hold him, for now at least. He's glowing as he shivers. Do you see? Isn't that strange? I mean... He's, he's going all bright and yellow. It must just be the evil seeping out of him. But don't you think that's strange? Oh, he's awake. He's going to be mighty angry. Hello, mister. Oh, are we on an adventure? Um, uh, yeah, an adventure. Careful, Jack. Don't interact. He could be melting your brain. Will there be horses? Horses? Maybe, yeah. Oh, I love horses. Okay, good. God, he's good. I've never seen such a convincing act. He's certainly dangerous, Jack. I love you too, Mr. Hairy Animal, too. <coughs> Don't have love or anything. Ninth door on the right, here we go. May I help you? Governor of Firebird City? I am he. Uh, we have a coat, I mean, uh, a beast for you. Hello. Ah, marvellous. Set his cage down by the window. Is it usual for them to talk? I mean, these beasts? Yes, they tend to. We believe it is a survival mechanism. They are evil to the bone. But apart from the fire and the glass and the pincers and the devil's eyes and the, you know, the old glowing thing he keeps doing, he just doesn't seem that evil. I know, son. But the stories of our elders say they were connected to our most sacred animal, the firebird. Since the time after the elders died, the firebird have been declining in numbers, and the beasts are the reason for it. They eat the firebirds? We're not sure. The elders' words tell us that the beasts may die to keep their firebirds alive, and so we sacrifice the beasts to the gods at every opportunity. Still, the firebird numbers diminish. It's said that only three remain. It just doesn't add up this beast could be so evil. We must follow the words of our elders and trust their wisdom. They know what's best. They tell us that this evil beast must die to bring back our firebirds, and thus it must be so. Thank you for this sacrifice. You'll have a slice of quiche? Yes! Uh, No, we really must be getting back, but my boss mentioned something about a golden heart? Yes, you must take the golden heart of this beast. Sorry, it's heart? Yes. When we sacrifice the beasts, we remove their hearts. They are made of pure gold. You may return for its heart after the ceremony if you like. Or you could watch. The beast will die at sunset. Die? Me? Oh, uh, it heard you. Yes, they do this. It's fine. Oh, now it's crying. It's crying razor blades, Jack. Come on, quiche time. Little razor blade tears. Come on, Jack, you've got Miss Snoop to worry about. Right, right. Yeah, okay. We're picking up Keith on the way, though, right? As you can see from this slide here, my children certainly enjoy the day out and learn the importance of zebra crossings. They're two years old. It's never too early to learn. Nonsense. When my Jack was growing up, we didn't let him out alone until he was 14. That's the age to learn about the Green Cross Code. This is a photo of my youngest ducking into a steak dinner at six months. Look how he learns to chew in that shot. And that, and that, and that. 
Oh, the joys of mastication! No, no, no. Jack wasn't let near solid food until he was four, and even then I chewed it for him first. <coughs> Jack, your cake! Ah, Mr Fiskolk! Decided to return? You're having a slideshow. I must say, the impression you're giving isn't the greatest. Jack, apologise to the woman. Uh, I'm sorry, I am. It, it was very urgent business. More urgent than your own child? You were buying him something. Uh, I, I was buying him something. I'm sorry. I can't let this continue. Mrs Fiskock, you've been telling him what to say this whole meeting. I haven't. Uh, 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 she, she hasn't. I can see you whispering to him. I have to go. I'm sorry, Mr Fiskock, but if you refuse to take this seriously... Uh, don't go. Please don't go. I'm sorry. Tell her you'll buy Chris a pony. I'll buy Chris a... No, Mother, shut up. Jack? Miss Snoop, please come back. You're right and, and, and you're wrong. Both of you. I mean, what I'm trying to say is that despite appearances, I'll do anything for joint custody of Chris. I, I won't smother him with false affection and bad advice. I'll be there for him. I mean, I may be down on my luck at the moment, but... I love Chris with all my heart, and that's the best thing in the world to offer him, my, my support and love. Now, both of you may be older than me and have your own opinions, but it doesn't mean you're always right. Uh, are, are you crying, Miss Snoot? That'll do, Pig. That'll do. You mean I've got joint custody? Yes, it does. I'll send you my report. Bye. Well... I just don't understand it. That's OK, Mum. I mean, it was just time for me to think for myself. I thought you would ruin the whole day, but you really turned it around. Talk about a phoenix from the ashes. Why are you looking at me so funny? Phoenix out of the ashes! I've got to go! God, it's nearly sunset. We don't have long. I don't understand you, Jack. You want to watch the sacrifice? You seem dead against it before. I am dead against it. We have to stop it. Oh, this could get messy. Let me in! Let me in! Who goes there? Ooh. Hello. I was just saying to Sebastian how lovely you lot were. Did you want some quiche after all? Yes! No, we have to see the governor. He'll be getting ready for the sacrifice. Follow me. Quickly, quickly! Through this way. He'll be in the courtyard by now. It's where we do all our sacrifices. It's a lovely place to watch all the latest shows. No time for talk. Come on. Get your fish popcorn flavoured quiche here. Lovely popcorn flavoured quiche. Don't watch a minute of death by. Oh, good. We haven't missed the adverts. I love them. Hey there, Robo Bench. Do you suffer from chronic pain in the regions of the unmentionable? Yes, Robo Sir. I do. What in the name of the elders can be done? Listen to our elders and their words. The elders say that pain in the region of the unmentionable is due to an imbalance of the spirit of the songbird, the mighty thrush. It must be cured with beasts of water. Water, sir? Water? Yes. So take this feather to the armpits and this frog to the neck and you shall be cured forthwith. Why, thank you, Robo Sir. You're right. The pain in the region of the unmentionable has gone. Feather and frog, the feminine cure. Get yours at all good Robo Faith healers and Robo ministers today. That's upon request. Feather and frog may cause pain to the eye, ear, and death of the frog. Do not use if you're currently breathing, if your uncle once said our Roomba, if you think mathematics is sexy, or if your left armpit smells funny on a Tuesday. If symptoms persist, add two extra frogs and hope for the best. I want one! I want one! Not now, Lydia. They're on the stage! The governor and cuddles. We have to get to them. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this sacrifice on what is such a lovely evening. Ambassador Jeff, nice to see you. And all our 
Arnold, are the company representative. Ah, you. You made it. Do you want the front row seat? Help me. You have to stop the sacrifice. What nonsense? Why? Because you're wrong. The firebird and the beast are the same thing. Impossible. Guards, take him away. It's nearly sunset. We do not have time for this. Look at him. Look at Cuddles. Cuddles. I mean, the beast. He's glowing and shaking. Yes, they do that. But you never question why. Your elder said that the beast must die to let the firebird live. But what if they meant they transform? You said the firebirds have been vanishing no matter how many Cuddles beasts you kill. What if that's because you keep killing them? You have to think for yourselves. Use your brain and stop blindly following others. I think that is a little hard. Did you hear that? He sounds like a bird. If we're going to sacrifice him, we have to do it now. They say he must die at sunset. Out of my way. No, he's going much brighter. Pass me the knife. No. Get off me. Get off me. Just wait. Well, I will be there. So beautiful. I was right. I was right. Let the fire burn free. Let him free. It's a real life phoenix. Good work, Jack. You saved me, Jack. Thank you. For too many years, our kind have been murdered by the people of Firebird City. But now we will be free again, and the Firebird young will be allowed to mature. We thank you for that, Jack. Uh, that's all right. You trusted your instincts and followed your heart. And in return, I will give you mine. Can you sort me out with one of those feather frog things? I saved its life, Squeaky. Did you see? Yes, Jack, I did. I did. And then I realised that the beast was not a beast, but a baby firebird, a phoenix. Yes, yes, all very interesting. Did you get the heart? It's here. Wonderful! Very well done indeed. Well, the thing is, it was fun, but... Uh... I'm so glad you had fun. Must be running along now. But I think all this work will get in the way of my life. I'm trying to find a proper job and get back with my wife and raise my son. I want to hand in my notice. What? You quitter! Jack, no. Of course, that's up to you, but you'd have to write a report to the senior head human resources manager to outline your plans and give a definitive reason for your leaving. It takes four months to process. It's that complicated? The company prides itself on being fair and equal at all times, and that takes an awful lot of paperwork. But I, I really think it's best I quit. That's such a shame. It is? Yes, I was just thinking how much you learned from today and how much you've achieved. Yes, I know. You're right, but still... And I was going to give you this shiny star. Oh, shiny star. Yes, you're rising up the ranks of the company very quickly. You know, here in this dimension, the company may just be a small chain of stationers, but we are always on the lookout for a man like you. A job here? In this dimension? Play your cards right with the company, Mr. Fizzycock, and you could go far. All the way to Slough. Slough? Actually, sir, in this dimension, Slough isn't the utopia it is elsewhere. Ah, well, you could go far, Mr. Fizzycock. One day. But if you want to quit... Well, maybe I'll give it a bit longer. Splendid. Goodbye. 
I'm glad you're staying on, Jack. Delighted. Just think, one day it could land me a real job with the company. Jack, we don't do all this for the promotion prospects. There's much more at stake. What do you mean by that? Hey, come back! What do you mean by that? Lydia? Lydia? Oops. I think I've over-tickled my frog. He's croaked. Eh? Get it? Eh? Eh? Look. That was Finsbury, Episode 2, starring Will Parsons as Jack, Alex McCann as Mr Squeaky, Lee Arnott played Lydia, Sean Cameron as the Governor, Richard Osborne as Miss Snoot, Michelle Donkin as Jack's mother, Rebecca Bowley played Reborn Cuddles, and Lawrence Tate was the announcer. All other characters were played by members of the cast. Finsbury was written and produced by Rebecca Bowley, Michelle Donkin and Will Parsons. Sound engineer was Lily Ding. Sound design by Rachel Tate. (laughs) 